With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio to open God's eternal word and to study the word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the word of God today. We're turning in our Bible to the book of 1 Corinthians and continuing our study on this more excellent way that the Word of God speaks of back in chapter number 12 and verse number 31. We began our study in 1 Corinthians 13 by looking at the greatness of charity. And in verse number 1, 2, and 3, we learned that charity is greater than the ability to speak with the tongues of men. We learned also that charity is greater than the ability to speak with the tongues of angels. And then we saw in verse number 2 that charity is greater than the gift of prophecy. Charity is greater than understanding all mysteries. Charity is greater than having all knowledge. Charity is greater than having faith to remove mountains. And then we saw in verse number 3 that charity is greater than bestowing our goods to give to the poor. And again in verse number 3 we saw that charity is greater than than giving our bodies to be burned. So we saw those eight truths taught in the first three verses of this chapter on the greatness of charity. And then we came to verse number four, down through verse number eight. And I said to you in these verses, there are eight positive effects of charity and there are eight negative effects of charity. What I simply mean is that charity will add eight things to our life. And there are eight things mentioned that charity will not permit to be in our life when we enjoy this more excellent way of charity. The positive side I'm calling the glories of charity. Notice them. In verse number four, he makes two statements. Number one, charity suffereth long. And number two, charity is kind. And then in verse number six, he said, Charity rejoiceth in truth. And then in verse number seven, he says four things about charity that are positive. Number one, he said, Charity beareth all things. Number two, he said, Charity believeth all things. Number three, he said, Charity hopeth all things. And number four, he said, Charity endureth all all things. And then finally, in verse number eight, he said, charity never faileth. So there are eight glories of charity mentioned in these verses. Charity suffereth long. Charity is kind. Charity rejoiceth in the truth. Charity beareth all things. 
Charity believeth all things. Charity hopeth all things. Charity endureth all things. And charity never faileth. And again in verse number 4 through 8, we see the governing effect of charity. And there are eight things that charity will not permit in the life of a believer. Number one, he said, charity envieth not. Number two, he said, charity vaunteth not itself. Number three, he said, charity is not puffed up. All three of those are found in verse number four. Then in verse number five, he said, charity doth not behave itself unseemingly. Number five, he said, in charity seeketh not her own. Number six, he said, charity is not easily provoked. Then number seven, charity thinketh no evil. And then in verse number six, he said, charity rejoiceth not in iniquity. So Paul is saying this more excellent way, which is greater than the gifts and the signs that they were worshiping, he said, it will govern your life. You see, the gifts and signs were given to glorify Christ, to unify the church and to edify the Christian. But instead of doing that, those Corinthians began to worship the gifts instead of the giver. And all that mattered to many of them was that they possessed some of the gifts of the Spirit. Their Christian life was not being controlled by the Spirit as it should be. And so Paul is saying to them, if you just had charity, it's greater than all of the gifts, and it will be something in your life that will add a positive side, the glories of charity. He said, when charity is in your life, charity suffereth long. It's kind. It rejoiceth in the truth. It beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, and it never fails. And he said, that same charity will keep you from envying, from vaunting or exalting yourself, from being puffed up, from behaving yourself unseemingly, from seeking your own, from being easily provoked, from thinking evil, and from rejoicing in iniquity. And it's evident these people who were worshiping the gifts did not possess these characteristics in their life. So we saw the greatness of charity. We saw the glories of charity. Then we saw the governing of charity. And then Paul said in verse number 9, we learn that the gifts are partial. He said in verse number 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. This verse simply teaches us that the gifts of the Spirit were only partial revelations of God's will and God's Word to us. They were temporary. They would not last. Someday the partial would be replaced by that which is perfect. And we'll look at that again in just a moment. But he mentions in particular in verse number 9, for we know that speaks of the gift of knowledge. We know in part. And then he said, we prophesy. That speaks of the gift of prophecy. We prophesy in part. The gift of knowledge and the gift of prophecy were only partial revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he said, not only these gifts were partial, but he says these gifts would pass. He said again in verse number 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done 
away. Now, I want to back up to verse number 8 for just a moment. He said in verse number 8, Charity never faileth. And the word faileth here does not mean it never fails to accomplish its goal, but it means it will fail as a person's health fails as they get old and are headed toward death. And what the Bible is saying, charity never grows old, and its ability to function fails and fades away. It never faileth. But then he says, whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. They will fade away. They'll grow old and fade away. He said, whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And of course, that speaks of dying a natural death. Then he said, whether there be knowledge, the gift of knowledge, it shall vanish away. This verse teaches us that these gifts were temporal. They are passing gifts. They were not permanent gifts. And they were there only to assist that baby church before that which is perfect was come. Now then, when you come to verse number 10, he said, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. There's much said about this replacement mentioned in this verse called that which is perfect. Again, the word of God said, when that which is perfect is come. What's the word of God talking about when it makes that statement? Let me say again, there are those who would say that it speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit. But I remind you two things. Number one, it could not be speaking of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was already present when these words were spoken. He had already come at Pentecost. Then this could not be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible in the masculine gender. He's not called a that. He is called him. He is the person. And so it could not be speaking of the Holy Spirit when it uses the expression, but when that which is perfect is come. Then there are those who would say that that statement, that which is perfect is come. They would say that this replacement refers to the second coming of the Lord. It is millennial reign. But again, I say to you, for this to speak of Christ would require the masculine gender form, him. But the word here is the neuter gender word, that. So what is he speaking about? The only reasonable explanation of this verse is when that which is perfect is come, could be speaking of nothing other than the word of God. The word of God at that time had not yet come. It was not given in the printed form. When the word of God was given, then I say to you, the word of God is neuter gender. It's called the word of God, meaning it's an object, it's neuter gender. Then second, I'd say to you that the word of God is perfect. Matter of fact, it's the only perfect thing there is on earth today that was not there when Paul wrote these words. So the word of God is perfect. The word of God is come. So verse number 10 teaches us that with the completion of the printing of the scriptures, the gifts would not be needed anymore. And again, I emphasize in the church dispensation, 
We do not operate on sight. We operate on faith. And faith does not come by seeing, but it comes by hearing of the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. The gifts in Paul's day were given to manifest Christ in a partial way. But with the coming of the word of God, the gifts would serve their purpose and now be needed no more. So they would simply cease to exist. This did happen with the completion of the scriptures. There was a long period of time, several centuries, that there was basically no known operation of the gifts of the Spirit in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then at the closing of the 19th century and in through the 20th century, it became a growing thing again. Now, notice, if you will, Paul is simply saying that this more excellent way is greater than the working of the gifts that were there mentioned in chapter number 12. He mentions the greatness of this more excellent way. He mentions the governing of this more excellent way. He mentions the glory of this more excellent way. And of course, this more excellent way is the life of charity that he describes here in these verses. Well, the Lord willing tomorrow, we will look at the remainder of these verses and finish this chapter on the broadcast tomorrow. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white, it's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time. 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh.